Welcome to Strictly Footy, episode two. Oh, it's great to be back. Thank you for everyone who um, tuned into the first episode. We're very grateful. Obviously, we're still growing as a page and a podcast, but we hope that everyone that did tune in uh, enjoyed it, and obviously, we're going to keep improving as we go along, so just stick with us along the way. If you guys forgot, I'm Tom, and I'm here with my co-host, Jared. How are we going, bro? What's up, bro? Doing well. Uh, ready to talk some footy. Uh, we've got a lot to get through today, so we'll yes. get into it. Yes, we do. Now, we're going to kick off um, with talking about the Stephen Crichton news. Obviously, Penrith came out on Monday and confirmed that he won't be there in 2024, so this will be his last year at the club that he's basically played all of his footy at. Um, Only 22 years old, so it's a great opportunity for him to go and spread his wings somewhere else. But, yeah, we're going to get into that a lot later uh, in a few minutes um, and then a lot later we're going to get into our breakthrough players for the 2023 year um, and you guys will have to stick around we've got one from each team some exciting young players or people moving into new situations who could really flourish so we've got a list of 17 players not all of our players are the same we've each picked one player from each team and we'll give you some reasons why we believe they're going to break out but Let's kick it off. Stephen Crichton. Yeah, I think it's one of those things we were saying last episode. Um, he wants to play fullback somewhere. I doubt he leaves a back-to-back premiership winning side. Yeah. Especially seeing as they're offering him 750k a year to play center or wing, as some people put out. So, yeah, I think he wants to go somewhere to play fullback, likely the Bulldogs. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into those suitors in a minute to where we could see Crichton line up in 2024. Obviously, I think the Bulldogs is pretty much nailed on, but they're gonna have he's going to have options. Teams are going to want him. And I guess that's the price, if you're Penrith, that you pay for success. You know, the more successful you are, the more comps you win, the more minor premierships you win, the more other clubs are going to be looking to poach your players. Number one, because they've got the experience now and they're clearly star players if they're good enough to make finals consistently and win minor premierships. But also, teams want to make you weak. They want to weaken you so they've got a chance to win the comp. So Penrith is going to continue to lose players, I feel like, because they're going to have to extend um, Tugno. They're going to have to extend Fisher-Harris at some point. I don't know when Edwards' last extension was, but they're going to have to get him extended too. So they've got plenty of cap that they have to sort out, obviously. So it'll be interesting to see how they work around that. Yeah, it's very hard to keep all your juniors in the same team for many years onwards and onwards because like you said if they break out you're going to have to extend them that cost salary cap you have to let naturally you've got to let players go so personally I'm not sure this is just the right move for Crichton because he's, mm. be- he's, a, he's a beast at centre Yeah, I really rate him there but I think everyone wants to be one of the greatest and you kind of yeah. have to be a spine yeah, player to, exactly to get right. into that and that's the modern game at the moment like all the players that are praised are one, six, seven, or nine, you know? Or 13s, if you want to... In- the way the modern 13 plays, if you want to include them in the spine too, is basically a first receiver. you got players like Jake, Cam Murray, Isaiah Yo, who would take, I reckon, pass the ball more than they hit the ball up in terms of being a first receiver. So, you know, if you want to include them in the spine, then include them. But I don't know. I feel like Crichton has all the intangibles and all the tools to be a great fullback, but it just depends if he can adjust and adapt to playing this new position after he 
played centre basically his whole life because even Dane Laurie was picked ahead of him at fullback for the Penrith uh, flag, Harold Matz, all these younger teams, Dane Laurie was playing fullback. So, I mean, it's going to be a big adjustment for him and I hope it all works out, but Penrith need to find someone to replace him. Yeah, no, you get a lot of these guys that play a different position in juniors to what they're thrown into for NRL because obviously, say they're a fullback and sometimes they'll get thrown in the wing or centre in NRL because that team's already got a fullback. Yeah, exactly. But Crichton, like you said, he's always played centre, even through juniors. Yeah. The only time he's really played fullback is when Dylan Edwards was injured a couple of seasons back. Yeah, that's true. He he did impress. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, it's going to be a hard transition, but like you said, he's definitely got the skill set to be able to do that. Yeah, well, he's a big body. He can take the line on. He's crafty with either hand. He can pass inside. He can pass outside. Um, It's just going to be a big adjustment, I think, playing on both sides. Obviously, he's right center. He plays next to uh, To'o on the other, other edge. But it'll be interesting to see if he can really adapt to be able to move out onto that left side because as a fullback, you've got to be moving on both sides to get your hands on the footy. So it'll be interesting to see if he can put himself out of his comfort zone and get his hands on the footy on that left side and see how he can spread it. Yeah, 100%. I also think the team he signs for will be big mm. in, in that. Like if a team's got a good left edge attack. Like it, the, it, the dogs. Like the dogs. Yeah. It could kind of help him out in his transition I to agree. playing on the left side because he's already kind of got a right side game. So, yeah. yeah. You're 100% right. I think it's a big transition. I think Burden also being on that left edge will help him out a lot. Um, obviously, he's going to have Kikau there. He's going to have Fox there. Alamotti, if he comes in, will play there maybe, possibly. Yeah. Um, whoever shifts in the center there. He's going to have people there to help him, right? So that's the thing. I think it'd be different if he went to someone like the Dolphins where they haven't played together as a whole team. So if he were to go there after one year, I'm not sure how all those combinations would be and if it would if it would benefit him in his move. Yeah. Um, did you want to get into the uh, the replacements? Sure. So we've made a list of potential replacements for Crichton because Pamrith have got to think in the future now, right? So we've we've got a couple in-house replacements um, and a couple open market replacements who are cap-friendly, not overboard like a Farnworth or something, like people that they could afford and that could also allow them to still have enough cap room to be able to re-sign their players. So you want to kick us off with the first in-house replacement? So our first in-house pr- uh, replacement is uh, Taruva. Yeah. Um, had a great campaign for Fiji. Didn't really get a chance for Penrith last year. Maybe played a few games while Taylor May was injured. Yep. Um, he could just go straight into the centres or possibly you could put Taylor May, who's played a bit of centre, yep. into there and just have Taruva on the wing. So that would be one option. I really like Taruva. He he played for Fiji, didn't he? Yeah, full, he was, fullback for Fiji. He was really impressive with the ball in hand too. And he's a hard runner of the footy and he's very agile and shifty. I would personally move Taylor May in just because I think he's a bit stockier. He's a bit of a bigger body. But the problem that leaves you with is that Taylor May is a left wing right now and Tango is a left center. Yep. So one of them, and Taruva, when he came in, he replaced Taylor May on the left wing. He did. So do you shift Bizza over maybe to help the other player adjust or how do you fix that up 
well, obviously one of them's going to have to play on a side that they're not exactly comfortable with. Yeah. I think the best option actually would just be to put Taruva straight into the centers. And kind of mold him. Yeah, because naturally he's a fullback. So he kind of has to play both sides anyway when he normally plays. Yeah. And then you don't have to switch Taylor May, who was pretty good for majority of last season. Yeah. From the left, I think Tago and May played exceptionally together, especially for two guys with not a lot of NRL experience. Yeah, I think they were really good together, actually. And they kind of... I don't think you can change that partnership because they actually scored... How many tries did Taylor May score last year? He scored a ton. And do you remember he went on that hot streak? He, he, he went was... on a massive hot streak. And he yeah. cooled off a little, a little bit towards bit, the yeah. end of the season, but they definitely scored more tries than Crichton and Toto did. Toto yeah. did, 100%. Because that was the story as well, that Brian was in a bit of a try slump. Like, they weren't scoring much on that edge. They were going to that left edge. Tungo had about 12 tries, 13, 14, around that kind of range. Yeah. And Taylor May was upwards of 15 or 16. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so they score, like, that's 30 tries by themselves on that edge. So it's like 120 points already, just off those two guys. So I think you're right that you're going to have to put Taruva in the center, maybe, or do you move Tongo over to the other side? I think Tago's always been a left-edge player. Yeah. Even when he was coming off the bench at second row, he was still on the left side. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, I think you just keep as many combinations as you can together. Yeah. And if we if Penrith were to put Taruvi in, I would just slot him straight into the centers. Yeah. The next name I want to talk about, now I haven't seen him play live. I watched a few highlights of their New South Wales Cup team from this year. That's Thomas Jenkins. Now we have his stats up here. He played 22 games for the Penrith uh, New South Wales Cup team. He scored 20 tries, had six try assists, 73 tackle breaks in 22 games, along with 16 line breaks. Now, I believe he played a lot of wing, but he is listed as a center on NRL.com. Could this guy, he'd be on a cheap contract, obviously, because he's on a cup contract at the moment. Maybe he's the one that comes in after another year in development, and he can really develop as a center. Maybe he's the one that comes in. He replaces Crichton. This is this is my personal pick because, as you said, he's listed as a center. Yeah, and those stats are ridiculous. Ridiculous. Twenty tries in twenty-two appearances, seventy-three tackle breaks. Him on the same side. That's crazy. As Brian Totter as well. Yeah, true. They're going to be right back to back. Got Liam Martin out there too, who's exactly. also very strong. Exactly. That is a great right edge to pair with their dominant left edge from last year. Yeah, hundred percent. That, that is my that, that would be my personal pick. I um, from what I've seen in the highlights, he looks very quick, and he looks like if you got someone that quick that can break those tackles, like I don't. You look at all the other centers, right? Olam and Stags can really break tackles, but I don't think they're as pacey as someone like a. Oh, I don't even know, like just the standard winger pace, like. They're probably a little bit slower. I think if we're talking James Roberts' speed, I think Crichton's pretty quick. He is. I would say he's not slow. Him and Jenkins might be on. From what I've seen from Jenkins, right, I can't yeah. really give you that much in detail. But from what I've seen of him, he looks pretty quick off the mark, and obviously he can break tackles and break the line. So maybe we're looking at him as his replacement. 
Yeah, I'm actually very surprised with those stats that, and he's still a young player, that he hasn't got more um, media kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Buzz? Yeah, more media buzz, because those stats, I I keep saying it, but they're ridiculously good. Yeah, very good. And I'm surprised I've never heard the name Thomas Jenkins before we went looking into it. Yeah. So, no, those those stats are freakish. Those are like AJ-type numbers. Yeah, 100%, especially plus the tackle breaks as well. Yeah. Now, there was another cup player that I looked at, Logan Cohen. I, he, I believe he's probably a little bit younger in the 19-22 age bracket because NRL.com doesn't actually list his age. I did try to find it, but I couldn't find it. Um, He played five games, had four tries and a try assist. Maybe he is not the answer. I think I'm leaning towards Jenkins as well, the fact that he is actually a center. But Logan Cohen's still an interesting option to look at. It is a good option to look at. I think, I'm not sure if he only had five appearances due to injury. Yeah. Or if it just was a purely selection thing. Yeah. His stats were still good in those five games. Mm -hmm. Quite impressive. But Mm -hmm. I think Jenkins just looks a lot more... A lot more complete. Yeah, he and polished. Look polished for the NRL. So I think that is a better option than Logan yeah. Cohen, but of course it's an option. And then obviously we got Luke Garner who played some center for the Tigers. He was he can do a shift, but I wouldn't say he's your twenty four game, you know, four or five final game center. I wouldn't yeah. say he's your thirty game a year center. Yeah, I think looking at this, they're struggling a little bit for center debt. So yeah, maybe yeah. if one of them goes down, Garner could Fill in. Oh, he can do a job there, and he was pretty solid for the Tigers. He's quite just, quick too. Yeah, he's very I, quick. I remember he's him outpacing the Manly team. Yeah. Oh, he ran straight past me. Yeah. No, he was solid for uh, Tigers, but I think you'd rather go for someone like Jenkins or Taruba, who's an actual outside back. 100%. Keep Garner in his spot as a bit of an enforcer and a, lo- a line runner, rather yep. than pushing him out to center. 100% agree with you. So I'm going to pick Jenkins. I would go Jenkins too, but I'd, I'd take Garner probably for depth. Yeah. I love Taruva as a player. I just don't know if he... I don't I don't know if you shift your whole back line around to fit him in. I'm not sure he's going to get the chance at Penrith. Yeah. If I, I was think... Taruva, I'd be. I'd say he'd get a run at a lot of clubs currently. Mm. Maybe, maybe on the wing or in the centers. Maybe not fullback. There's a lot of clubs looking for a fullback, but... I think they're all going to go for the Crichtons, the farm worse. Campbell? Yeah, even Jaden Campbell, who's now playing 14 for the Titans. Yeah. But I, I think he needs to look elsewhere. There's too much, just too many juniors in Penrith and options that they could go with Yeah, for Taruva to fit into the team, I think. Yeah. So say they look at Jenkins, right, at the end of this year and they go... Okay, he's not going to fit. We don't want... We're not looking at him. He's not really the Mulder center we want. Logan Cohen's still unpolished. Garn is a second rower, and we believe Taruva is a winger, or he can seek other opportunities. They're going to hit the market, right? They're going to go to the open market with whatever money they have, and they're going to look at a center. So who, if you're Pemrith, who are you targeting as a center in the open market, demanding on... I'd say we're looking at the three hundred to four fifty k range in terms of salary. Yep. Who would you bring in, not to fill the shoes of Crichton, but to fill the void? Well, obviously, I'm a little bit biased, and a centre I know that should be on the market in the 
at least the coming seasons is Brad Parker. Yeah. I think he's very solid defensively. It will be hard to obviously fill Crichton's shoes. They're completely different molds of player. Um, but with Tolotau Kula and Ruben Garrick now moving to the centers, there's just not a lot of room for Brad Parker. Yeah. And I think he's too good to... He's a solid player. He's too good not to be on a NRL team like starting. Yeah. But if if you're talking about just filling the shoes of Crichton and what Penrith need... My option's probably more of like a Jesse Arthurs kind of player. That's who I was just about to bring up. Now, Jesse Arthurs, I think he did say he wanted to compete for a spot at the Broncos, but I don't see how realistic that is. They got Staggs and Farmworth, and Farmworth just had an awesome World Cup. So you're not taking either of those spots. They got Dean Mariner too. Yeah, I was going to say, don't forget him. I'm not forgetting him, trust me. They got Dean Mariner too, who looks, and I remember he played against the Tigers last year. He looked awesome um, filling in for Farnworth. They have Hoyter there too, who just re-signed, mm-hmm. who filled in at some center and some wing. Yep. So I think Arthurs is still in the 24-25. Yep. I think if he can get into that Penrith system, I think he's a better attacking threat than Brad Parker. 100% Brad Parker, he is. Yeah, Brad Parker's 100% a better defender, but... If we're talking about attack in that Penrith system, I think Jesse Arthurs has played on that side of the field too, on that right side. I think he's probably the best option for Penrith to have a look at. Yeah, when it comes to Brad Parker on an offense, he's more of just a line hitter. Yeah. So if they were going to sign someone like him, it'd be like a short ball from Cleary just yep. to put him through a hole. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, Jesse, Jesse Arthurs was, to me, actually quite impressive at the Warriors. He had good moments, mm. but... They didn't seem to really keep him in the team or give yeah. him a massive opportunity. They kept dropping him for guys like Montoya, Kossi, who ended up being very good, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vilea got to go. Dejan Arce got to go in the centers yeah, over him. Yeah, did too, him. didn't he? But yeah, I would have liked to have seen more of Jesse Arthurs at the Warriors. I thought he was actually pretty good. Yeah, I agree. We have a few other options here. Uh, Montoya, obviously, we just spoke about, but I think the Warriors will probably look to keep him around. Obviously, you can fill a few positions in their back line. Yep, good depth. And they're they're a bit slim on back line options at the moment. I would have him probably starting at centre for them this year and then Kossi out on the wing. Yeah, that's an option. Yep. So I think he'd be a bit more expensive as well due to his experience in NRL and the fact that he's more of an established NRL player, I think, than those other players. The one I really want to talk about is Anari Tuala. Now, I think there was moments where he's a bit underwhelming for Newcastle, but the fact now that they've brought in Marju, they've brought in, they've got Dom Young, they've got uh, Heimel Hunt still there, Gagai and Best, and they've got Will Price coming over. I think Tuala's on men out. Yep, and Kai Pierce Paul. Yeah, but he's more of a second runner. Yeah. Um, the only thing I disagree with that is, um, I think Anari Tuala is a better winger than he is centre. Yeah. I think he's good moments last year where he scored a few tries while on the wing. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how he fits into the centres, but he's a good young prospect. I, I think he's good enough to be starting on an NRL team. Yeah. And he's only 24, so. Yeah. There's, there's definitely room to grow, especially in a system like Penrith. Yeah. We got Brian Kelly down here too, but obviously Kelly is the starting center for the Titans at the moment. So I don't really see him leaving. I think him and Shop will probably be the centers for this year. 
next year and going forward. So I think if we're talking about the most realistic option, I think you're probably looking at who? Arthurs? I would say Jesse Arthurs, yeah. And probably the best option, Arthurs, I would say. I think Brian Kelly would be a really good option as well. He's been solid for the top. He's always been a solid player, Brian Kelly. Yeah. I think he would. He's also very good attacking wise. I'm not sure about his defense, mm. but I think the most realistic option is probably Jesse Arthur's. Yes, and I think that'd probably be the player I would take. I think if we're looking at the best player on that list, you're probably going Montoya or Brian Kelly. But in terms of availability, Jesse Arthur's I think is kind of being pushed out a little bit at the Broncos, especially since Cobo also wants to move in, get his hands on the ball. So they probably look to put him at center, maybe. I think Jesse Arthurs, if Pembroke's going to go away from Jenkins or Taruva or Cohen or Garner, I think Jesse Arthurs is probably your number one target. Yeah, and another important thing here too is he's the only uh, right edge that's center there. That's very true. So he'd slot in quite nicely. So I think our picks for Jenkins and Arthurs as the yeah. two main options. Yeah, I think 100%. 100%. I would maybe say Jenkins and Taruva just in just in case Penrith don't want to spend the money on a center and kind of look to put it towards, you know, Je- uh, Fisher-Harris, even Kenny they might have to extend. So, yeah, I think if they're going to go to the market, I think Jesse Arthur's is your man. I agree with you. We're in a grand, sir. Now, enough about who's going to replace Crichton. Who's going to pick him up? Who is going to pick up this man? He's 22 years old. He was a hero in the World Cup for Samoa. He's won two premierships, two minor premierships. He's a stud. He's played Origin now. Who picks him up? I think it's got to be the Bulldogs. Yeah. He has way too many links to the Bulldogs. And they're looking for a fullback. Not to slot in there. Yeah, I think... And there's too many, like you said, there's too many connections, right? They've got Kikau, Burton, Serraldo there, who they're all good mates with Serraldo. Um, they got Fox there, who everyone... Fox is the guy that everyone wants to play with, right? So I think there's a lot of incentive for him to go to the Dogs, especially because they can offer that fullback spot. I think everyone's been talking about the Dogs, so I'm not sure I, I want to spend too much time on them. I think everyone knows that they're almost nailed on to get him. Um, but I think there are some other interesting options that he could end up at if something, if the deal falls through, if the dogs go, nah, we want Moses instead because we want to fill our seven spot. We don't necessarily need a fullback because, you know, halfway through the season, they say Avarillo's been awesome. You know, we can live with him. So obviously the Dolphins are going to be there. Yep. Agreed. You got Wayne Bennett there. There's... I think every position is still up for grabs at the Dolphins. Like they've got good players to like fill them out, but if they sign a marquee signing like Stephen Crichton, could definitely play fullback if he wanted to. Yeah. Well, I think also picking up someone like Crichton who is younger allows him to grow with the Dolphins as they continue to grow as an NRL team. So you get you get Bennett who's developed fullbacks like Boyd. Um, you know he's developed fullbacks. Boyd is basically the one that comes to mind. Latrell, when he moved from center to fullback, Bennett was there to develop him. Um, he even had Lockyer for a bit at the Broncos. Yep. So I think 
he can he can coach fullbacks, and if he if he gets his hands on Crichton, I think Crichton that's a great move for his career. Um, I don't necessarily know in terms of winning comps and competing, it's the best move for his career. I think you're probably better to go to the dogs if you really want to. If he thinks that he can slot into an NRL side as a fullback and bolster their chances of a premiership by fifteen to twenty percent, I think you go to the dogs. Um, but the Dolphins are going to be offering him big money now. The only problem is, does he want to move out of Sydney to go up to? I'm going to say Queensland because I don't know if they're based in Redcliffe. But does he make that move? If they're offering the same money, he chooses the dogs. But if the Dolphins offer three hundred to four hundred more, does it make him hesitate? I think there'd be a little bit of hesitation. Yeah. But I still find it unlikely just because he's been rumored to be going to the Bulldogs for months, would you say? Yeah. Months. Everyone's seen it coming. I would like to see him just I would like to just see a curveball. Yeah. Where he signs with some random team. Yeah. <laughs> because all the attention's obviously been on the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. I find it crazy they still have more money to spend. Yes. But especially when they're going to have to up Penrith's 750000 Yeah. But well, yeah, I'd like to see it. I just find it unlikely. The difference with the Dogs is they could offer the same amount, but the Panthers can't offer him the fullback spot. Yeah, no, that's very true. So technically... The dogs offer, I would say, is still worth more than Pemrith. Now, you've got to weigh up, though. Would you rather, as a player, win comps, look better in a system to really get your name out there in terms of international and state of origin, right? Or would you rather go to a team who's rebuilding where you can walk in as basically the star man, but if you don't prove yourself a fullback, then how does that make your career look? If you look back on so if you look back on Crichton's career and he does go to the dogs, and I hope he doesn't, but if for some reason it doesn't work out, do you do you look at him in a more negative light to where if he just took a pay cut, stayed at Pemrith, played center, won three more comps, played origin? I think when you become the Marquee man, all of the pressure is put onto you, especially when the team's doing bad, even if maybe it's not your fault. Yeah. Like Kalen Ponger especially is a great example of it. He, Everyone looks at him when it comes to the Knights' performances. They say he's being underwhelming. Yeah, they we say he's loss. injured too often, which I think is somewhat true, but it does paint your career in quite a negative light if you fail to prove yourself when you go for that. I think to be a great player, you have to have a mix of both leading your own team and being good in a system and winning comps and all that. I just... I'm not sure how he's going to do that at the Doggies unless they can sign a seven. Well, that's 100% right. So we've talked about the Dogs and the Dolphins, right, who I think are probably top two in terms of likeliness. I think the the Dogs are probably 95%. I don't want to say 100% because it's not done yet, right? And then the Dolphins probably sit at about 2.5% chance of getting him. We've got some other clubs up here. So the Tigers obviously need a center. I don't think they would offer him that fullback role. I think they've got Sainz and Laurie there. Now, if they both don't work out, then they go, okay, we, we can give you the fullback role. But I think Sheens is going to put his faith into Staines. I think that's kind of the the feeling I'm getting from the interviews I'm seeing, from the clips I'm seeing from the, tra- the preseason training. Staines is playing a lot of fullback, and 
he's been training Laurie at six, so I don't know how likely it is he plays fullback at the Tigers. But if the Tigers offer him some money to play center, I don't think he takes it, but I think he definitely considers it. Like, if you look at the type of project, then, you know, you're going to Appy, um, you got Staines there, who he played with at Pembroke. Um, then you've got players like Papaliti, Bateman, Clemmer, Joe. Like, you're playing alongside a pretty solid team. I just don't know if he would rather play fullback. Like I said, with the Pembroke argument, right? I think he would rather go to the Dongs and play fullback and finish a bit lower than if he went to the Tigers, rounded out their team, and they become a force. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I think Tigers have gone so far forward this offseason, yeah. and I feel like they've got a lot set. Yeah. They've got Brooks as their seven. They've got Dewey as their six. They've got a strong forward pack. I'm not sure that they would give Crichton a fullback role. Yeah, neither. That's, and that's what I'm saying. Take the chance by giving him a lot of money. You, you don't want to give him money and then he can't prove himself at fullback and then it doesn't go well for the Tigers. I think they're going to train their guys and they're just going to go for it with the players they've got. Well, that's what they've done in the past, the Tigers. They've signed Embi, who they shifted all around the back line. Um, they went out and signed people like Lola here, who was shifting from fullback to six basically regularly. Um, Russell Packer hadn't even played NRL in like two or three years, and they just brought him back for eight hundred grand. Like they, they have been known to pay ridiculous amounts of money to people who aren't proven, and I think Sheen's is against that type of thing, where he's only going to pay you for the position you play, right? And he likes players to be able to play multiple positions, but at the end of the day. Sheens wants to get his value for money out of players. And I think if they want Crichton to play center, they're going to offer him a center kind of amount of money rather than a fullback amount of money. So I don't think the Tigers are really in the race. I think it's more just people think the Tigers are going out to splash on big names now. I don't think that's the case. Um, I think they're really just trying to build a solid roster. And I don't think splashing eight hundred to 900000 on Crichton is something they're looking to do. And somewhere Crichton's looking to go. Yeah, me either. I don't think Crichton to the Tigers is insanely realistic. I think it's maybe not so much moving from one position full-time to another, but I think it really hurts a player's career if they're constantly just moving from yes. 6 to 9 to 14 to fullback to whatever whatever they're playing, kind of like Mbai did at the Tigers. I think that hurt, hurt him a lot. I'm not saying Crichton's going to do that, but if a team were to sign him, he would have to stay in that fullback role. I don't think yeah. you can shift him around. I 100% agree. Um, so we're both picking him to land at the dogs, yeah? I'm picking him to land at the dogs. About 800, 900,000? I would say something about, about that money. Another yeah. thing we forgot to mention is Phil Gould. Yeah. As well, has another link to the Bulldogs. Yeah. Brought him all the way through to juniors. Yeah. Got him into the Penrith team. Yeah, I think the Gave dogs. Him a shot. You know what? I'm gonna put the dogs up to about ninety eight percent. Ninety nine. It's it's a very it's a very high there were reports that he'd already signed. Yeah. Now, it's gonna we, happen. We figured out that it's that gonna happen. Wrong, but I think I think rival clubs should stop dreaming like he's gonna backflip. I think the dogs is basically certain um that he's gonna end up there. I think that's where he's gonna be playing in twenty twenty four. I would agree with you. All right. Well, enough about Crichton. I just want to remind you guys to go follow the IG at Strictly Footy Pod. Um, let us know your thoughts on the Crichton situation. Do you think he'll backflip away from the dogs, or do you think 
he ends up going to the dogs and how much does that improve the dogs go look at go give our content a uh, a look like follow um share it around we're really trying to boost this podcast up and without your guys help we can't do that so anything's much appreciated apple spotify give us a rating and review all this all that good stuff it'd be much appreciated by us to really get ourselves out there um and yeah pick your Crichton replacement we're gonna we'll put something up about who can replace Crichton potentially so you guys let us know have you got any outside players that maybe Penrith look to bring in or let us know in the comments we've gone Tom Jenkins for in-house Jesse Arthur's if they hit the market and we reckon Crichton's gonna end up at the dogs I know that's a really hot take but Oh, and also, I want to apologize for the last pod where I um went on a rant about centers trying to play fullback, and I said that Crine's not going to the dogs. I said he's going to stay at Penrith. Clearly, I was wrong. About eight minutes after we finished recording, I checked my phone, and Penrith have released a statement that Crine's definitely leaving, so I felt like a bit of a bonehead, but I apologize for that, and I can't wait to see Crichton playing for the dogs. All right, so we're going to get on to the next part of the podcast. Breakthrough players it is. Now, if you guys are unfamiliar with what a breakthrough player is, me and Jared have had this conversation because he's really trying to um, pick some interesting players like to for a breakout year. I think he even put Tom Turbo up there for Manly at one point. Come on, bro. <laughs> Come on. Um, but... A breakthrough player for us is someone who's going to get another opportunity or they're going to have another chance to capitalize on an opportunity or they're just going to fit a team so much better to the point where their play is going to shoot through the roof, basically, and their value is going to shoot through the roof. Um, so we've got we picked one for each team. Um, Jared, kick us off with your Brisbane Broncos breakout player. So my Brisbane Broncos breakout players, one that's actually not known across most NRL fans, but it's Blake Moser. Now, Brisbane have a hold of Phil at nine. I don't think either Walters or Pache really locked down that nine spot last year. Moser being eight, 18 years old, he's exceptional out of dummy half, which really puts them on the front foot with their kind of electric attacking style team. They got Walsh, Mam, Stags, And that pack. With the pack as well, Carrigan, Haas, Flagler. I think he'd be a very good player and he'd fit into the system very well. He's already drawing comparisons to Cameron Smith. Far out. That's is, a lot of pressure to put on a young It leg. is, it is, but he's he's been tearing it up in the juniors. Ooh. I think the only thing holding him back right now from being a great player is maybe a bit of Walter's bias. <laughs> You you know what? You might not be wrong, because I think at some point last year, Billy's form kind of fell off a little bit, and I think the Broncos probably should have looked outside of him to play nine, but again, I think Moser's only, is he what, 18? How old is he? Moser, he's 18. Yeah, so he couldn't have even played last year if they wanted him to, right? I like that pick. I've gone with the other... Young Gun, you want to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, we've got to remember, Billy Walters had a good year in terms of what he was before. Yeah. yeah. At the Tigers, I don't even think he was third string half. No, he wasn't. And he, he just got thrown into a starting nine role at Broncos. I think he did quite well at the start of the season. Yeah. I just don't think he's done enough to lock the position down. And I think Blake Moser is one of the top young players coming through today. 
I think it would be very harsh to keep him out. Yeah, I agree with you. I've gone with the other young gun, Xavier Willison. Now, he's a big second row, a big frame, big body. Um, reason being, I think during the Broncos drop of form last year, I think everyone kind of lost their game a bit. But I did notice Ricky, and no disrespect, I did notice he was probably one of the one of the lower ones in terms of his drop in form. Like, he dropped a pretty big amount in form. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, he went from, like, breaking tackles, scoring tries close to the line, to he, he, he was very clumsy with the ball in his hand. I think he made a, a lot of errors. Um, and I don't think he should be left completely out of the team. I just think you bring Willison onto the bench after the loss of TC Rabadi now to the no-fault stand-down. Um, I think Willison takes that spot, comes on, you know, at the end of some games and gets a bit of a run in first grade, and then he ends up taking that spot from Ricky in the starting lineup. He's only 21 years old, so if they don't want to start him necessarily, I wouldn't be against that. But I think he could even have a great impact off the bench for the Broncos, which I think um, in some games they did lack a bit of intensity off the bench. So, yeah, Willison, he's been talked about for a while too. Um, to come in, I think a big preseason, big two games in trials, he can really cement that spot in the starting second row. Yeah, no, I like that pick. Uh, I don't know. I didn't really notice how clumsy Ricky was with the ball. It's just I, I knew he dropped in form because when I watched Brisbane, I always noticed him breaking tackles, like you said, and then just suddenly towards the end of the season, he just became another player. Yeah. If you know what I mean. And I think Willison. He's been a star in the Brisbane Junior System. He's been in the development squad for, I think, two years now. And it's very hard to stand out in Brisbane's Junior System because it is stacked. Yeah. well, So I like the pick. Yeah. And the thing about me for Willison is you've got a guy like Capewell on one edge who is more of just a a workhorse. Like, he's not much of a creative player. He's more of a, like, I'll get my job done. Whatever you need me to do, I will do it. So... I think having Willison on that other edge, who's like a bigger build and he's a bit more creative with the ball in hand, I think, and he's a bit of youth, right? So obviously they're a bit more creative in terms of how they run the edge and how they hit holes. So yeah, I think Willison could be a great contrast to Capewell. So if they go to Capewell's edge, it's going to be through the hands, Farnworth, um, Oates. But they know if they go out to Willison, like he could step inside hand off to Stag, Stags breads a couple tackles, Cobbo down the line, you know what I mean? Like you've got different options on either side of the field then. You're a bit more unpredictable. 100%. It just gives you that variety. Yeah, so he's my pick. I'm really, really high on this guy. But I really like that Moser pick too because I think that nine spot is there to take. Yeah, I think so too. There's a lot of players you could have gone for Brisbane. Yeah. Even Dean Mariner's a great player. I just don't think he gets a chance in the centers this year. Yeah. Probably next year he might mm-hmm. might be one of my breakout players. But um yeah, we're gonna get into Canberra. Canberra it is. Do you want to kick us off? Because you've um you've gone for a pretty interesting route, but I like it. Well it's a player that we're both very high on that not a lot of fans actually give anywhere near enough credit to. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the NRL. Can I jump in for a second? I've been on this guy for two years now because round one against the Tigers in 2021, he absolutely tore us up. And that is Sebastian Chris. Now, I know he's your pick, so you get into your reasoning, but 
he went very under the radar last year for a guy who I basically noticed every week was ripping in. 100%. I think a lot of the kind of non-buzz is because Hudson Young on that same edge was having an incredible season, but he's a very strong runner close to the line, and he was very impressive last season, and he was actually the Raiders' top try scorer. 14 tries, which was the highest for any center in the NRL, by the way. And I think I just said he was the Raiders' top try scorer. And I think there's a lot of questions surrounding whether Jared Croker will come back and replace him because that's Jared Croker's side. I think he's just too good to drop. And I think he'll prove this year, I think fans will start to notice him. I think he'll prove that he should be ahead of Croker. I think he'll prove... like He played for New Zealand in the World Cup, didn't he? He did. And he, still went unnoticed. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like this year, well, like you said, is going to be the year where there's a lot of people saying, you know, Croker's a club legend, bring him in. It's only Seb Chris. Like, it's only Seb Chris, you know what I mean? But I think Seb Chris is going to take that personally and be like, did you guys not see me score 14 tries last year in what? Even a limited amount of games because I don't think he was, he, I don't think he played every single game for Canberra. I think he played maybe 18 or 19. Yep. So he was scoring at a ridiculous rate for a center. I think at the start of the season, they, I think they were still going with Croker, weren't they? Possibly, yeah. Yeah, before, they were. Before he did Dick Charlotte mm. before. And I couldn't believe it because he, he, he was still good in 2021 as well. Yeah. So like I, I, said, I, could, I couldn't believe that he was left out. I think Tomoka is a good player, but I, I would have put him over to, well, I would have said to put him over Tomoka at the start of the season. But yeah. Like I said, top try scorer for centers. And for Canberra. And for Canberra with 14. That's... Club and position. Club and position is a pretty big achievement for someone that goes under the radar the way that Seb Chris does. 100%. I've gone for Trey Mooney. Now, he Ooh. might not be a familiar name with a lot of people, but Adam Elliott's left, and I know people are saying Harawira and Ira will start at lock, but I don't see him necessarily as a 13. I see him more of as an edge runner or an impact forward off the bench. I think Trey Mooney comes in into that vacant 13 position and has a big year. He's going to play a lot of minutes, similar to that Adam Elliott role. Doesn't have probably the technical and ball ability that Adam Elliott does, but I think he comes in and can really lock down this spot in trials. And Ricky backs a lot of young guys. You know, he backed Savage last year over Nickel Klogstad. Um, you know, he backed Schneider to start of the year instead of someone like Frawley. He even brought Wolford in over Starling, and even Elliot was starting at nine some games, which I don't know about that, but he backed Wolford in, who was on a development contract. So Ricky has a lot of faith in young guys. I think if he puts his faith in Trey Mooney, he won't be disappointed. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of Trey Mooney, especially in the, the through juniors, and he's playing New South Wales Cup, is he? I think he, yeah, I think he is, but I think he did debut last year. I'll double-check that. Okay. Um... Like you said, they have a vacant 13 position, and I think you're right. I think he does probably deserve the starting spot, especially seeing as he is a lock. The other option is maybe Horsburgh or Harawira Naira, but I'm just not sure. I'm not sure if he will have a breakout year. I think you're right that he'll start, and I think he'll be solid. It just depends on whether or not he can turn turn the opportunity into a breakout season, like you're saying. So I've got it up now. He did... De- he debuted in 2021. Oh. I don't remember that. He's 20 years old. So he would have been 18 when he debuted. He's massive as well. Six foot three, 106 kilos. Oh, And he can wow. ball play. Yeah. I've, yeah. Oh, he looks like a giant just from that photo. 
Um, yeah, Trey Mooney is my pick. I think he's in for a big year if he can really lock down that 13 spot in preseason. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. And like I said, I think it's definitely not Harawira Naira's position to lose. I think it's a, it's a very good competition. And I think that he no one's locked it down yet, to be honest. So it'd be really interesting to see if Trey Mooney can lock down that position. And if Ricky can put his faith in him, I think it'll pay off in a massive way to the dogs. Well, I've gone with a pretty outside one here. I went with Gerald Skelton. Now, not a lot of people are picking up that the Dogs have even signed this guy, but they've got two vacant centre spots, in my opinion. Uh, He's an Australian Rugby Sevens player, plays on the left edge. He's very speedy, very agile. I think if you pair him and Adokar on one side, it's going to kind of gain the hype of... You remember when Cooler and Saab were on one side and everyone was just Mm -hmm. like, it's the fastest edge in the NRL. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you got Burton and Kickow there as well, yeah. To set set them up, I mm-hmm. think I think it's a very good, very good opportunity. Very good. It's a very good time for him to be coming into the team, especially if he's on that left edge. Yeah, well, I've got Alamotti right, the other center. Um, and now I don't necessarily think he's a left edge center. I think he is a is he a right edge center? I'm not too sure. He's definitely a center, yeah. but I think he will play on the right just because Skelton is a very okay. left-dominant, if, if they go with Skelton. Yeah. So in the world that they do go for Alamotti, which I think they will because he'd been talked about quite a bit for the preseason, um, obviously Shop was moved on, so that there's a hole to fill there. I think Braden Burns is still a solid center uh, if you don't want to go for two inexperienced guys, but I think for either pick, they're playing inside Adokar and outside Kikia, so you're going to have the experience out there as well as having Burton on that edge to the point where I think you can feel kind of comfortable in being on that edge and not feeling any type of anxiety or anything. I think you know you're covered for, and I think you know what your job will be to do. It'll be support Kikia through a line break for offload or pass it on to Fox, and he can hit the line down the sideline, right? So I think it's a pretty outline position for someone like Alamotti to come into and that's why I think not so much he'll have a star level year but he'll break onto the scene and uh, similar to Panasini I think he'll break onto the scene and people are like hey this guy's really solid for 18 19 years old so I think he's going to surprise a lot of people and I think he will lock down that dog starting center yeah I think we've gone with the two centers I would have for the Bulldogs yeah I'm not sure about Braden Burns. I think he's a good depth center, but I think Skelton and Alam, I don't think he's good enough to keep an Australian Rugby Sevens player or one of the better centers and juniors in the whole NRL. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's good enough to keep them out. I don't remember seeing Braden Burns play. When was the last time you saw Braden Burns play in the NRL? When he did that try celebration in Try July. What did he do? That TikTok dance? Oh, Okay. Yeah, I remember. Well, when, when was when was the last time he was a regular? Oh, he did play last year. It was him and Shop, but that was after Naden went. Eh? After Naden went, then they tried Declan Casey. Mm. They had did they play Kiraz a few games in the centres, or was he always? A I wing think up? he was always on the wing. Okay, and they had Corey Allen playing centre yeah. as well. Yeah, so I he's in there with a lot. But yeah, I think we've gone with the two Bulldog centres. Yeah, I've gone for the Sharks. Not so the thing right now has been really young players. This guy's still young, but he hasn't come up through the ranks at the Sharks, and that's Oregon Kafusi. Now, I think 
he's come from Parramatta who have a very good system with forwards where they can really instill a tough mentality in the forwards, a warrior mentality in the forwards. And I think that's something the Sharks really need. You saw at the end of the year when Fafita really started uh, putting his work in and you know putting his head down and really getting to it that he he looked much better. Um, and obviously they lost Tolman too. So I think Kafusi comes in and fills one of those um, vacant prop spots off the bench. And I think his impact is will be awesome. I think he kind of fell out of the side a little bit with Para. I think his minutes weren't consistent. But I think he's going to have a big year in terms of his impact off the bench. I think he comes on and he'll um he'll be huge for them. I think they really need so they really need a tough young forward off the bench. I think that is something that they missed last year. And I also wanted to mention that Hamlin Yoweli did miss a lot of time last year, I believe. I think it was something with his leg. He missed like 10 to 12 weeks. Yeah. But he, he was very good at the start of last season. Yeah. No, he was definitely there and at the end as well. I think just during the middle of the season, he, he kind of lost. Um, He missed a few games through injury. But that way, if if any of them do go down, then Oregon Tafusi, I think, can step up and be that starting forward and do a really good job at it. Now, he can also play lock, but... They've got Cam McInnes and Fanuk in there, so he's solely going to be a front rower, and he's solely just there to smash people on the defensive end and run over people uh, in attack. So I think he's going to have a great job, a great year, and do a great job for the Sharks under Fitzgibbon. I think he's really going to hype him up, and I think he's going to be a monster off the bench. I think it's interesting that you've gone away from the the kind of young player mindset for breakout years. Yeah. But I do like the pick because Sharks historically have always always had those kind of workhorse forwards. They've yeah. never really gone for the sparky kind of like electric player. Mm-hmm. Like think about when they won the comp in 2016. They had Paul Gallen, Luke Lewis. Yeah, they had great forwards. Wade Graham. Yeah. They're those type of guys. They're all, they're just workhorses. Yeah, exactly. Andrew Fafita. Mm-hmm. None of them are like, it's like bark. They're just workhorses. Yeah, exactly. And I think it would fit really well. I think he fits really well into the shark system. There's something I didn't think about. I don't even think I had him in my best 17. Yeah. So you definitely convinced me a little bit there. Uh, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I like the pick. Thank you. Thank you. Move on to your pick, bro. I don't have much to say about this one. I think everyone remembers his debut because he was incredible. I went Cade Dykes. Uh, I said he was very impressive when he got the chance in 2022, which is only a few games. He went down with an injury. Yep. He would have had a lot more opportunity, and I wish he did because he was looking incredible. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm not sure. I know the the commentators seem to love him, but I'm not sure about Will Kennedy. And I'm not sure if he will lock down that fullback spot. Yep. Especially if maybe Sharks hit a bit of a rough patch. I think Cade Dykes is a very good depth player. And I, I think he'll come up and I think he'll have a breakout year. I think for a team like the Sharks, where not so much like the, the really, really like the Melbournes, the Roosters and the, the Rabbitohs, for a team like the Sharks who has a lot of players at each position who are kind of on the same level, who are kind of on the same tier, I think mm-hmm. it's easy for someone to lose a spot and to be replaced by someone who can probably level their production and then with the opportunity can probably improve on their production. So I think K-Dikes is a great shout. I think if Kennedy does start 
so for example, say the Sharks start the year off a bit slow, right? And then Craig's fit, Craig Fitzgibbon goes, all right, we need to make some changes. Then Cade Dykes is probably someone you go with it, at the fullback spot. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree with that. I think Cade Dykes is probably their only other fullback option, unless you want to chuck Moylan back there or Molotalo. Yeah. But I wouldn't move them out of their positions to play fullback, Hines even. But, yeah. But when Hines, they look, no disrespect to the Sharks, when Hines went back to fullback, he was good, but the team just did not gel well with yeah. him at fullback. Yeah, 100%. When he played there they last need his, year. They need his organisation around the ruck and they need his organisation and his kicking game in that front line. So him being a fullback just completely takes that away from their game. And I think that's half the reason he won the Daly M last year because he was so good at controlling the games. And we were talking the other day that the Sharks aren't really the team to to blow someone out in terms of the scoreline. They never are. But they will just wind you down with Heinz's kicking game until they can break through, score two or three tries, and then they'll just hold on to their lead. It's very rare that I see Sharks absolutely smashing someone. Except the Tigers. What they beat them by last year? Uh, I think they beat us 30-4. to four. They did They did smash me early last year as well, but historically, you're right. They just get out to a bit of a lead and they just hold on to it. Yeah. They don't make... A few years ago, or before they kind of really stepped it up this year, or sorry, I should say last season, they made a lot of errors and it mm. kind of blew their legs. I remember watching a game where they're actually up 18... I think it was 18-4 against was the Roosters. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. With like 10 minutes left and they just kept dropping it. They kept throwing stupid offloads and they ended up losing that game. Do like, you also remember like, the... The Broncos game from 2020. I do, I do. Where they made a ton of errors and the Broncos just ran away with it. Like, uh, and the uh, Broncos, that was their first win of the year, or second win, or whatever it was. It was. Yep, I remember it. Oh uh, yeah, remember it vividly because I lost my top spot in the tipping cup. <laughs> yeah, no, I hundred percent agree with you in that one. I just think it's probably, and I'm not, I'm not saying your pick's wrong. I'm just saying it's probably more likely that. Oregon Kafusi's in that starting 17 to start the year, and he's going to get a bit more opportunity. 100%. I agree with you there. I don't think it's very realistic unless Kennedy gets injured in trials that uh, Cade Dykes is actually in the 17. So I, I, I probably like your pick more than mine, actually. Talking about more opportunity, Tessie New for the Dolphins. Now, I've gone Tessie New, and this is why, because... He's got a full year at fullback now where he can go, okay, I'm the man. That's what he wanted to do at Brisbane. Brisbane brought in Reese Walsh because they clearly didn't show enough faith in Tessie New to be able to play a full year at fullback. The dude's only 21, and there was games where he showed real flashes and people were like, this kid's a star, you know? Tessie New is the future of the Broncos. I remember them saying that in 2021, right? So I think if you get Tessie New... Now, obviously, there's going to be competition with Hammer, but I think he yeah. probably slot Hammer into the centers. I was going to say, a lot of people are saying Hammer's going to play one. I think that would be the wrong move for them. I, I agree. think Tessie knew. I think Hammer can play back five anywhere, and I don't think he's a fullback. He has, there's times in the game where he's, he just doesn't seem into switched it, on. switched yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. I remember a game last year, he ran like 90 meters on the wing. Oh, no, maybe someone set it up, and then they put a kick through for him, and he caught it ran over the try line and then got pushed out before he put the ball down. Yeah. He, he, sometimes you just switch. I think Tessie knew 
even last year there were, there were glimpses. Um, obviously, he did his ha- was it hammy? I don't know. Towards the end of the season, yeah. but there were glimpses where he was just tearing up for the Broncos. Yeah, I think and I think he should be the fullback for the Dolphins. I agree. 100%. I think he showed flashes, right? And the problem with that is he he never had the opportunity to continue showing them and continue building on those good games. And I think the problem with Kevin Walters sometimes is that he doesn't take the good with the bad. And the moment someone has a bad game, they're dropped, right? So I think that was really bad for News Confidence. I think if he gets his full year at fullback, I know Hammer will be there, but Wayne Bennett is really good at staying consistent to his players. If they have a rough start or a rough patch, he will stick with them. And I think under the guidance of Wayne Bennett, Tessie New could really, really become, and not, not just a solid fullback, like a star this year. Another thing holding him back at Broncos, as we were talking about earlier, is he was moving from fullback to centre all the time. Yeah. He never stayed in that, yep. just fullback or centre. Yep. I would have liked to have seen them pick one for him. Preferably, it would have been fullback and just, just stick with him. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, I think he's in for a big year, and I think the problem with him is not getting consistent fullback minutes. He gets them. I think he's a real star at the Dolphins. A lot of people are going to say mine is an obvious one, but I think there's a lot of obvious picks you could go with at the Dolphins. Obviously, Tom Gilbert's another one. Tessie New, like we said, Hammer could have a breakout year if he's given the case to his own team. I've gone with Isaiah Katoa. Now, probably a 50-50 as to whether he's in the 17, because obviously you've got Nikarima as that 14 spot. but And, and Milford too. I, I had Milford starting six. Yeah. So one of them will start six, one of them yeah. will be 14. Mm-hmm. I actually think Katoa should be given a chance. I think he's their young junior that they've brought. Well, he's not their junior, but they've brought him in. He's just only 18 years of age. He impressed in the World Cup where he started at seven, probably the hardest position on the on the field for his own country in the World Cup. He impressed there before he's even had an NRL debut. He's playing under Wayne Bennett, which... I mean, it's always always a good thing for a young player to play under Wayne Bennett. And I think with Milford and Nicarima as the other options, I don't think it's too far-fetched that he gets a chance at some point in the year. I would actually start him at six, but I don't think it'll happen. I think the other way you could probably maneuver that is move O'Sullivan to six and slot Katoa into seven. Um, But yeah, I do agree that for the Dolphins to build a team up, they need to give their young guys a go. They can't just sit and be mediocre with Milford and Nicarima, I think. And that is if they do. If they start blasting it with Milford and Nicarima in, then you don't make any changes, right? But I think you really do need to give your young guys a go and allow them to blossom as a player. And I do agree that if Katoa gets a chance, I think he will be really impressive. He did impress at the World Cup. I like your pick a lot. Again, the thing with me is I just think Tessie knew whether he's at center or fullback will be there on round one. Yep. And Katoa may have to take a few weeks to really crack that 17. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I think the reason I, I know Katoa's listed as a halfback, but he's kind of like a Jaram Hughes mold. He's got a very good running game and mm. he's, he's got a strong running game, good step. And I think O'Sullivan's just a better organizer yeah we saw that last year which is why i I would say six with o'sullivan seven but another thing is that people are talking about is milford obviously played his best footy under wayne bennett yeah that's true i forgot about that which so he he'll probably get the first shot at six Mm -hmm. 
I'd be having Katoa at 14, but it's likely it'll be Nikarima. Yeah. But Katoa's my pick nonetheless. I can't say I disagree with it. I think it's just whether Wayne is going to put Katoa straight in. And if he does, then I think your pick's probably better than mine. But if not, I think obviously New's going to be there. So, yeah, it's a risk. The Titans. I've gone with Sam Verrills. Now, whether he's a breakout player is down to the opinion of the person who is assessing him. But for me, I've gone a breakout in a different way because we know what Sam Verrills can do. He's a great distributor of the ball from dummy half and he makes a ton of tackles, right? But what Verrills has the chance to do now is be a leader and show this premiership experience to the Titans and just take control of this spine. I think he's only young, 23, 24 years old. He's come from a Roosters system that knows how to win, right? And they've been shown plenty of adversity with injuries and everything over the past few years. I think in terms of impact, Sam Verrill's, not in terms of skill, in terms of impact, we're going to see a big breakthrough in Sam Verrill's game. I think he's really going to be marching this team around the park. And I think if the Titans do end up making the eight or pushing towards the eight, I think Sam Verrill's has a big role in it. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, Verrill's, it's very hard to stand out in that Roosters system. He was, especially when he was injured, a little, quite a bit of last year. I think he had an eye injury as well. They're starting like Connor Watson at nine, all those type of guys. I think Verrill's, if he's given more of a role at the Titans, which he 100% will, I, I, I like the pick. I think he'll be much better than he was at the... Or at least be, maybe not skill-wise, but he'll be noticed more because of the things he's doing and it will help the Titans more than it would the Roosters. Uh, my pick, I've gone Jojo for Fader and... That's just because Marzu's left, gone to Newcastle. There's a vacant spot for him, so I think he's 100% going to be starting. There's there's another guy called Carm Pereira, but I like the feeder better. Uh, he looked impressive when he played last year. I think he's averaging 130 metres, scored four tries in his eight games, which is pretty good for the Titans, but they did have a good end to last year as well. Um, Titans have obviously got confidence in him. They've re-signed him until the end of 2025. And um, he can play anywhere in the back five, which I think the Titans lack a bit of depth in the back five, apart from Jaden Campbell, who's only really a fullback. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Joe Justifito. I like that pick. Another guy we could have talked about is Tanner Boyd, who's now going to be the starting seven. But I think Joe Justifito is an awesome pick because even if someone like Kelly or Shop doesn't work out, they can move Fafita into the center. He's a pretty versatile guy. So he's going to have plenty of opportunity to be in that starting 17. I, yeah, I agree. I think he was really good at the end of last year. And if he builds off of that, then I think sky's the limit for him as a winger. I think so too. I really do. Talking about wingers, I've gone the Seagulls. Raymond Tui Malo Vega. Is that how you pronounce it? That's how you pronounce it. Okay, a lot of go. people just call him Ray Vega. All right, I'll just call him Raymond for the rest of this segment. Saab's going to miss the start of the year, which I don't know. For some reason, a lot of people don't actually know that he's going to miss the start of the year. Um, and Garrick's shifting to center on that new contract. So there's a there's a wing position there, right? And personally, I wouldn't move Cooler out to the wing. I think he needs, to grow, he needs to grow as a young player at center. He needs to play center to show his full potential. And I think 
Raymond is a young guy who, if he can develop some combinations and he can slot into that win position and if Garrick slots out there, they develop a combination or if he's next to um, Cooler, right, either, either side, I think if they develop a combination, it's going to be hard for Seabold to drop him. Yeah, I think... Yes. Remember trials last year? I don't want to bring it up. No, no, it's trials, bro. Like, trust, we lost way more games than trials, but yeah. Yeah. He scored, tore us up. Scored a hat against the Tigers. Can in I just sec- say... In the second half. You're picking a lot of players that are tearing up the Tigers. Yeah, well... Maybe it's... maybe I should go Tom Trevojevic for Manly. <laughs> well, bro, to be honest, I think that the way I see it is, I see them play against the Tigers and destroy us. So I'm like, there's, there's something there. No, I, I don't disagree with your pick. I hope they put him on the wing. They gave guys like P.O. Secchi and Alfred Smalley, who, they're not, they're not terrible rugby league players, but... Ray Vega definitely deserved the chance before them, I think. He yep. played very well in trials. He's a very strong running game. And I just, I, I'm hoping they don't put Cooler on that wing. No, they won't. I because think I think he's too small. I mean, he's quick enough, but I think he's too small to play wing. I think, like you said, they need to play him at center. In order for him to grow as a young player, 100%, they need to play him at center. And Raymond was very good against the Tigers in the trials last year. Um, he did debut last year, didn't he? He did come in for a game. He did. I think it was against Canberra, and and he was good. They just scored a bunch of tries down our left edge, which was what was what's he on that? Not, edge? not his side. Okay, mate. good. Okay, good. Not I was going to say, bro, if that's his edge, because I don't even know it, if I watched that game. But he if that looked was very edge, good. And in fact, most of the Manly fans were saying it was our best player that game. Yeah, so that's promising. You know, that's very promising. I mean, your pick, I think, is probably a bit more assured than mine. But I think, I think Raymond's an awesome pick. Yep. I've gone with a controversial one. I've gone... Well, it's not controversial. He just didn't have a good year last year. I've gone with Josh Schuster. I think last year was very disrupted for him, especially seeing as Des seemed to want to bring him off the bench quite often, and I don't think he has an impact off the bench. Whenever he came off... Well, he, most of the game, he was actually sitting out and coming on for the last five minutes, and he was injured quite a bit. He had calf issues, all that kind of stuff, ankle issues. So... I don't think he was match fit, and that's probably why he had a form drop at the end of last season. Yep. But I still think he's one of the game's best young players. He's still 20-odd. That's a big call. He's not old at all. That's a big call. He looked great in the Haas when he played in the Haas for Manly in in 2021. Against? And, and like Para. And Tigers. And he, play, he played against us in 2020. It, oh, he did too. That was well, his debut, wasn't it? Yeah, when we came back. Do you mm-hmm. remember that game? Uh-huh. Yeah. He looked great in the hearts. Even this year, I would say his only good games were when DC was out for Origin and he played six and four and shifted to seven. Yeah, you're probably right. Because, I mean, probably against not great opponents, we torched the Warriors and we torched the Knights. But he looked good in those games. And if we're believing reports, he's lost over 15 kilos to get back down from second row to half. There's no reason not to believe him. I don't know why they would make that kind of stuff up. And he's back to his preferred position. I know he was causing a little bit of a... Stink. Stink at Manly. And they've let foreign go, so... He better provide. I think he will. Yeah. I've I know, I agree. Stuff. Melbourne Storm. Now, you know why I love talking about the Melbourne Storm? Because a player... Like, and I don't want to sound disrespectful, but if Corey Norman came back 
from wherever he's ended up, Melbourne Storm could seriously return him to like Broncos Eels Corey Norman. I gotta I gotta find out where Corey Norman's playing. Their development is that good, so I'm gonna get into mine while you're searching that up. Eli Katoa. Now he's coming from the Warriors and people thought he was gonna break out last year at the Warriors, but obviously it didn't work out for whatever reason. Um he's got a full preseason under Bellamy and he's gonna have consistent first grade footy playing alongside veterans like Tarek Sims. I think um Playing alongside Sims and other edge back rowers really help him to take some experience and take some knowledge into his game. Um, and playing alongside that Melbourne spine, like, far out. We're talking about eventually when they get them all back. Pap, Munster, Hughes, and Grant. Like, far out, man. I think they're going to set him up and put him into some great holes and have him running some great lines on the edge. I think he's going to score a ton of tries down that edge. And he, for me, he's a similar build to Hamole. Um Hamole or Kikau. I think he's a big boy and he's very agile and light on his feet and hits a hole really well. And if Bellamy, like he normally does, figures out how to get the best out of him, yeah, I think it's a scary sign. I think Melbourne have got basically their Kafusi regen. I agree. I think Elias Katoa was promising at the Warriors. I don't think they really gave him a lot to be able to break out. Just... Putting it out there, I found my Corey Norman playing. He's playing in the second division in France. There we go. So, <laughs> noticed he had a great career. Obviously, it's not a peak right now, but he had a great career. He but, did. Yeah. He did. Anyway, I'm going to talk about my pick because this is actually my number one non-debuted player yep. in the NRL. It's Jack yep. Holworth, and he can cover second row, center, and lock. A six foot four, hundred and five kilos. He's been watching his highlights. He's throwing behind the back passes. He's got an insane step. Very quick player. Strong. Um, yeah, like I said, there's a reason the Storm have signed him for the last, is it the next five years? 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026, and 2027. On, by the way, never debuted 500k a year. Yeah, they believe in him. He's ridiculous. So, yeah, like I said, I've got him as my number one prospect in the NRL. Mm-hmm. That's Not, all I have to say. It's yeah. going to be hard. It it It's probably a 50-50 as to whether, like, like you said, Katawa or Holworth get the second row starting position because obviously they've lost Kafusi and Bromwich. Mm. I think Tarek Sims is pretty guaranteed to get one of them or yep. Kama Kamitha. Yep. Um, but yeah, he'll be in the 17th for sure. The Knights have got Lockie Miller. Now, I don't know if this is a bit of an obvious one or the fact that he's 28. Maybe people are going, oh, how's he going to break out? Mate, his debut last year was insane. And if he can return that form and then build on that for 20-plus games, he's going to be right up there in terms of the top fullbacks, I think. I mean, obviously, he's got sevens. Was it sevens or nines? He played Sevens. Sevens experience. Um, and now he's got more opportunity to take that fullback spot. And he's probably been handed to him in his contract. I assume that's how the Knights was so... Um, that's why he was so eager to get over to Newcastle. I assume they would have handed him that number one jumper as soon as he, he walked in. He wouldn't have gone to be a depth player. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet on Lockie Miller. We talked about him on the last podcast, so if you haven't heard that chat, go check that out. But, yeah, I think Lockie Miller's in for a big year, especially with the, the pretty good halves of Newcastle or spine of Newcastle. Yeah, I've gone a player who had a semi-breakout last year, but I think I think he'll burst onto the scene this year. Uh, especially, I think your, uh, my 
breakout player kind of bounces off yours because I think Lockie Miller provides a lot of X factor. Yeah, especially with Kalen Ponga as well on both sides. So I think this will help. Uh, I've gone Dom Young um, just to build off what he did in the World Cup. He was incredible in the World Cup. I don't know England have some world class players, but I just think he will. And um, he's I think he'll have improved skills because obviously he's been training at fullback as well, along with. I mean, Gagai and that, but Gagai's kind of had a few breakout years already. Yeah. Um, And I just think with Hastings, Gagai and Frizzell on that edge, there's a lot of guys to stop. I think he'll end up scoring a lot more tries than he did last year. Yeah, I agree. I think I saw um the other day, he only scored 13 last year, which it's not only 13, right? But for a winger, I think, of his caliber, he could score a lot more than that. I think he's going to get the service this year as well. So, I, yeah, I really agree with that pick. Especially with Hastings on that right side because they've tried so many guys there yeah. since Pierce left. And think, uh, I think people will probably say, like, oh, Dom Young's already a star-level player, but I think he only really showed that in the World Cup and he really didn't... And he was sol- He was good for the Knights. Like, he was, he was, he solid. was a standout player, right? Yeah. But... I don't think he showed that star level at Newcastle. And I think this year, yeah, he could definitely, especially now that they got their spine sorted out and everything, I think, yeah, he's definitely in for a big year too. I agree with you. For the Cowboys, now I apologize if I mispronounce this, Taniela Sodrugu. Now he's a Fijian second rower. And I want you to name all the Cowboys second rowers that are fit to start the season. You can you can name Nanai. That's it. Um... Possibly Hess if you put him there. I'm not putting him there. He's front row. Um, Lukey is going to miss the start of the year with an ACL. He confirmed that himself. Um, they let Gilbert go to the Dolphins, and Leilua was on no-fault stand-down. So they've got three second rowers out who would basically feel, like if you think about it, Lukey goes down, okay, Luciano's in. Luciano shift back to the bench, put Gilbert in. They have none of them now. I think Sudrugu is going to have the chance to really show out in trials. And if he can do so, he'll. I think he'll be there anyway. I doubt they play Hess on the edge because I think the Cowboys like to have agile attacking players on their edge. And I think Hess has been molded into more of a second rower. But yeah, I just think Sudrugu will have a good year. Um, he'll get the opportunity. Whether he keeps it for when Lukey comes back or shifts back to the bench, I don't know. But the whole point of his breakthrough is I think he will maintain that edge position because he's only competing with Luki. He's not competing with Gilbert. And Leilu is most likely out for the year because he doesn't go back to court later this year. So I think Sudruga is going to have a real opportunity to lock that second row spot down. I think if he comes out with a couple of solid performances, I think yeah, he, Todd Payton will just leave him out there if they're flying high enough. I think what they might do, not to take away from your pick or anything, is yeah. have McLean and Cotter start with Hess at second row, mm. even if his preferred position is front row. Yep. Nah, I can see that. But um, I think the Cowboys are such a hard team to pick for breakout players just because so many of them had their breakout year last year. Mm-hmm. Drinkwater, yeah. Robson, Talongi, I believe. Yep. I think Hiku's played better than he has in the last, I don't know, five years, mm-hmm. probably since he's been at Manly. Um. Who else? Gilbert, Lukey, Nanai. Did you say Robson? Yeah, I said Robson. Robson at the start. Dearden. There's just so many. I think my guy, I've gone with Griffin name. I think he'll come off the bench. But just because 
like you said, they're missing so many forwards yeah. that they had. Yeah. Last I agree season. with you. I agree with I you. I think Griffin Neyman, I think he's a great player. He got limited chances last year, and I just think he'll get more of a chance this year. I think he's a strong player, and he's imp- yeah, mm. impressed in that limited time he had. More of a chance, hence my breakout pick. I agree. For the Eels, we've got the same pick in Hopgood. I don't think we have to spend much time on him. I think he's come through the Penrith system, and you can butt him whenever you want. He's come through the Penrith system. Um... The way they're talking about him from preseason is like he's training the house down and he looks like the best player in the club. That's like what they're saying. Like Gutho's come out and basically said like he's just a tank. Um, I think he'll start a lock and he's going to get consistent first grade. And people are already calling him for make it, to make his debut for Queensland this year. Yeah, I was very, very surprised he didn't get a, much of a chance at Penrith because he's, he's been dubbed to be a future Queensland player for yeah. quite a while. Like you said, everyone's saying that he's looking like a beast training at Parramatta. I think you're right. He might start at lock. I personally went Ryan Madison with him in the second row, but I think they'll end up going Maddo second row with Hopgood at lock, like you said. So we've both gone Hopgood. He's been dubbed a future player for a long time. He's finally going to get a regular chance, especially after losing IPAP, Nathan Brown, those type of guys. Oh, they haven't lost Nathan Brown yet, have they? But no, they haven't. I don't but... think he's going to get much of a chance. No, neither. So, top goods epic. Yeah, and one more thing I want to add is we've seen how Brad Arthur can really, really, um, and a lot of people have different opinions on Brad Arthur, but that Eels system in terms of forwards, they've brought through Papali'i, Sean Lane, Maddo. You know, Junior Barlow was a bit of a, um outcast in uh, Canberra. RCG they brought in, they've turned all these guys into basically international representative level players, just being a Parramatta. So I, I agree. Lame, Lame was solid at Manly, but he's just, especially last year, he turned yeah. into Sky's the different limit. type of base. Sky's the limit for Hopgood in that system. I agree. I want to talk about a Penrith second row who's coming in now, Zach Hosking. Now, limited performances for Brisbane last year, but very impressive. I think he was making like 200 metres a game. I saw a couple 150, 200 meter games, breaking tackles. He was like looking like an absolute freak. Um, and I think that he would get the opportunity. Whether he starts or not is still a question. I think he probably should. I think Garner would probably be better off the bench, but they'll probably start Garner because of his experience. Um, playing alongside Cleary and Lyra. Cleary and Luai is a dream for any second row, any forward, because they know they're going to get good early ball straight into the pockets where they need to hit holes. And in terms of holes, he's going to be running the same lines as Kikau, and if he can really hit them hard, if he can really hit them hard, he's going to be scoring a lot of tries. Yeah, no, that little stint with Brisbane where he played he was incredible yeah he was very watch good. Brisbane throughout there a lot of my mates are saying the same thing as well yeah Hosking was very good at Brisbane yeah and I'm excited to see him at Penrith so I've, I've gone Spencer Lenu he's been around for a while but I just think he's such a strong player he's a workhorse he gets through his work when he's on but he never I always notice him I always yep. notice yeah he's working yep. hard whenever he's on every Almost any time I watch Penrith. Mm-hmm. I think he's a very strong player. I think he should probably be starting over Leota, but I don't think Penrith will do that. Neither. I think he'll get more of a chance this year, and I just think he's a strong enough player to 
break out. I mean, simple as that sense. for a player like Glenn Ewers, and like they've got the talent. It's all there. They're in the situation they need. They just need opportunity. The minutes. That's it. To the Dragons now. This bloke just got injured, and we got the same guy. I mean, there's no one else really to pick because the rest of the players on their roster are about 35 years old. <laughs> um, Jaden Sullivan now. He's been looking to prove his worth for quite some time. Um, he's been linked to the Bulldogs, I think, two straight off-seasons now where people have been trying to get him to fill in at, to play seven for them. Um, but the Dragons have kept him around. Obviously, Amon is now out for the year because of no-fault stand-down. I feel like I've said that for quite a few picks, which is really unfortunate. Um, but yeah, Sullivan's going to be able to prove his worth. I think he will be back for round two. Luckily, they have the bye, or he would have missed round one, I think. But he's going to be a full year in first grade, playing next to the most experienced top-tier half, apart from Andrew Reynolds and Ben Hunt, So, or, and DCE. But I think Hunt's going to do wonders for him. And I, I've always been more of a Sullivan guy than an Amon guy. Um, and yeah, he's going to have a year to really Im- impress a lot of people and prove his worth in terms of a first-grade footballer. And, you know, if that means he gets a gig somewhere else, it means he gets a gig somewhere else. But he's going to be really looking to put his name on the map. And I think that's the fire that he needed to come out and have a big year. 100%. I think Sullivan is definitely more of a 6 than a 7, just because yeah. I like the 7s to be more of like game managers. Mm-hmm. Whereas the six can kind of like be electric run around, kind of like Reynolds and Mam. That's the best example I could come up with on the spot for how that. I think the Dragons knew that Amon was gonna be in a bit of trouble. That's why they wouldn't let Sullivan go. Yeah, I think we were talking about that the other day. A hundred percent, we were. And he looked like you. I've always, I always would have gone Sullivan over Amone. I think Amone only really started coming into form at the end of last year. I think he's a crafty player who suits really well next to Ben Hunt. I'm talking about Sullivan now. Yep. He looked good in a position I don't think he's ever played before, nine. Mm-hmm. He's coming off the bench. That, Like I said, they were moving him around as well. Yeah, well, that's what we were talking about the other day on the other podcast. So you just go check out that talk. We were just saying the Dragons have never really kept someone in one position where they can flourish and really learn how to play in first grade in that position. So. I agree. If he's given his position in the halves, not so much seven, but in the halves, I think, yeah. He's I think he'll lock it year. down. I agree. South Sydney. Now, we've both gone for a forward, a young forward. I've gone Saluka Fafita, who's come from the Roosters at the back end of last year, but I think he was really impressive with his impact off the bench. And given the age of Tom Burgess, I think if Burgess kind of loses a bit of production, I think Saluka Fafita could even start or play more minutes than him off the bench. Um, and yeah, I think consistent minutes from Demetrio behind that South pack will do him a lot of good. He'll have a lot of momentum to run off in majority of the games because I don't see that pack getting dominated at all. Um, but I think, yeah, I think we're in the similar boat for both our forwards. We've just gone for different players, but yeah, Saluka Fafita is just a machine. I think he's a workhorse and he puts his head down and makes tackles and makes meters. So there's not much more you could ask for a bench forward in that South system. I like the pick with Saluka Fafita. I wasn't sure about him when he was coming from Roosters to South, but he definitely proved himself to me last year. Well, I mean, he's not trying to prove himself to me only, yeah. but he definitely proved himself last year. Yeah. Um, similar to you, I've gone with a guy who I'm sure has made his debut, but he definitely hasn't. No, he, has, been, yeah. he has, yeah. yeah. Hasn't been given a massive chance. I've gone with, is it Davey Moel or is it Davy? I think it's Davey. Um, 
been watching. I think it's Mawali. Mawali, yeah, yeah, probably. Um, he's been given, hasn't been given the chance, but he's looked very good in New South Wales Cup. He has a big body. He's quick. He has a little bit of a step. Runs hard. When I was watching him, I immediately I compared him to Payne Halfs. Can I just jump in for a sec? Go for it. Dude, in the first of August of 2021, apparently he's 112 kilos, six foot two, 19, 19 years old. I think he's going Far to out. be a beast. Yeah, you're kind of making me change my pick, but yeah, no, he looks and he played for. Who did he play for in the World Cup? He played for Cook Islands. Yeah. I was just about to say that. I believe I think he played for Cook. Cook Islands. Um, he, hang on, you. A lot of younger about... players play for Cook Islands, uh, especially uh, from New Zealand. Like, you know, Nickel Clockstat, I think, played for Cook Islands. Joe Manu is eligible for Cook Islands. David Morello played for Cook Islands. He did. So. Uh, Rua, who we'll talk yeah. about later, oh, well, played for Cook Islands. <laughs> Righto. I'm just naming players to play for Cook Islands. Yeah, I know. Mate. I know. Uh, you didn't have to say it was all right. Eastern Masters. <laughs> anyway, there's there's players that play for Cook. Um. Okay. Moving on to Roosters. I've, have we got the same pick? No, no we, we, don't. Don't. we don't. I thought we did. I've gone Terrell May. Now Taoke Aho has gone over to the Super League. Um. And I think Terrell May provides a great impact off the bench, which the Roosters probably need with their aging pack. Gives him a shot of youth. He makes meters. He's a hard worker. Similar type of player to Mawali and Saluka Fafita. He's just a mongrel. And, you know, he just... I think he likes the contact. He likes to be hit. He likes to instigate a bit on the field. And I think the Roosters need some of that passion. So I think Terrell Mays... I think he looks really, really good. I think he's an underrated prospect in this game. I think he could explode this year. And possibly even, if they don't get Lodge sorted, take that starting 10 I'd almost disagree I think they got a lot of passion with Rowia Hargreaves Lodge Radley uh, yeah you're probably right obviously I mean, well, I mean obviously on the bench. Terrell May will be great on the bench but, that's what I mean yeah okay. on the bench I think you're bringing on people like Egan Butcher and Fletcher Baker who aren't going to come in and really smash anyone so yeah you take JWH or put Terrell May on then you still Similar got someone player, that just wants yeah. to punch on with everyone yep <laughs> Not saying he does. I'm just saying. You remember saying. that Roosters South game last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many sin bins was there? Yeah, that. Oh, I think it was seven. Yeah. That was in, crazy. Insane. Anyway, I think the Roosters are going to be moving Suwali to center. I think he wants his hands on the ball more. So that brings up the question who they play on the wing. And it was between Corey Allen and Jackson Paulo for me. I've gone Jackson Paulo just because he's a right side player, which is what they want. And um, I think he'll have a breakout year. The Roosters team is stacked and I think yeah. any wingers on a stacked team are going to look, look good and they're going to yep. be good mm-hmm. and I think remember was it 2021 or 2020 that Ikevalu played on that side yeah it was 2021 because he went to the Sharks last year I don't want to disrespect Ikevalu but he's sitting in Cronulla's reserve depth grade. right now reserve yep. grade playing wing he was starting for the Roosters and I remember he scored five tries in a game. Yeah, his yeah. first game. I think any winger on the Roosters is going to be good, and I think Jackson Paulo, a young player who showed good, good little uh, bursts of form for South. He had a few poor games, and they dropped him for another good player, Isaac Thompson. But I think he's going to look good in a Roosters system. 
and that's my pick. Yeah, I can see it. I can 100% see it. Um, the thing with Jackson Polo is, for me, if he gets in the right spots, if Trent Robinson really teaches him how to defend as well, like, I'm not saying he doesn't know how to defend, I'm saying, like, really pushes him to defend his edge, I think him playing outside Manu or Suwali's, Suwali'i, sorry, is going to be fine for a winger. Like, I think you're going to be fine out there. You don't have much to worry about because the men inside you are going to do a lot of the work. You just got to make sure you can finish in the corner. I think one thing the Roosters may need to be careful of is Suwali defending in centre with Paulo. Yeah. Actually, no. Uh, it would be my, my bad. Be Joe Imani plays yeah. that, so Suwali would switch with two. Yeah. That is a... They're going to be bombing to that edge every attacking chance they get with Suwali and Tupo. Yeah, it's going to be... Uh, Tough to defend for teams with smaller wingers as well. Like Tolatel Kula. Yeah. Plays there. Oh, right. No, it'll be, it'll be Raymond Brad Uh Warriors. Now we're coming to the end of our breakout players. What, two, two, I've two got Taniela Otukolo. I think that's how you pronounce it. Otukolo. Um, I think he will play 14. A lot of people are putting Lusik there. He's very versatile and he's very quick. I Look. I think Walker should start. Me saying I think people are putting Lusik there is in the sense that Walker does start. I think he probably should. I think he can offer more to them in the starting lineup than he could have Manly, which is why he started on the bench for Manly. But their coach has already come out and said he's a utility. So Otukola, I think he, he should start. I think he's young and there's a lot of pressure on Egan and Lusik. I would really like to see the Warriors run out some more youth. I think they've got Johnson, Tamari Martin, and Nickel Klogstad there. So I want to see a bit of youth into that spine, especially when you've got players like uh, Metcalf and Volkman lying around the club. really gives you something to build off. And yeah, I'd just really love to see young Taniella get a shot, 21 years old. I think Sky's the limit. He impressed me in the limited minutes he played last year, and I just think the Warriors are still building up, so they just need to give him a go, and I think he will take full advantage of that opportunity if he gets it. I agree with you. I believe Walker should start, even though they've come out and said that he won't. Um, he's centre of the year at Manly. He was a great centre for South. He even played... A, he was very good at six for Manly, even. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, like we said, they're, they're going to play him at 14. I think Egan and Lusick are solid players, but they've never been good enough to lock down that spot mm-hmm. and I think I think your pick's good because he's a good young player who they can bring through he's one of their juniors correct yeah he's a Kiwi he, he's one of their juniors coming through they can bring him through he could be a good nine yeah he's quite electric out of dummy half as well yeah great helps them with their too. creativity which they've struggled with for ages exactly um Speaking of young Kiwis coming through the Warriors system your pick I've gone with Viliami Vilea and just because he's a strong run of the ball. Um, he came into the side midway to late last year. They were trying a lot of players in that center center position. I think he played maybe a little bit of wing as well. But um, quickly locked down the jersey. He was a regular for the rest of the season. Scored seven tries in 12 games, which for a center is quite good. We're talking about Seb Chris yeah. scoring 14 in... 20 or so. 20 or so. It's not, not a bad strike rate at all, especially for a center... And the Warriors actually score most of their tries on Cossie's edge. Yeah. So I think I think he's very good when he gets close to the line. He's very hard to stop. Very hard to stop anyway when he's coming out from, from the back, maybe after, maybe as a second runner in the set. Yeah. That's my breakout player. Yeah, I think you mentioned Cossie too. I think he could also be a pick if he wanted to. I think the Warriors have a lot of players that are looking to 
prove themselves this year. So I think whichever way you go, if you go Kossi, if you go Otokolo, if you go Metcalf even, if you go um, Bailea, I think you're sweet either way. I think they're all going to have substantially better years than last year. The Tigers. All right. Kyra first on this one. Yeah, can I say his name first? Rua Natikora. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Natikora. Is it Natikora? I think so. Okay. I was going to say Ngasi Kaur, so lucky, lucky yeah, you pronounced no, it. The, I think the G is silent, so I think it's Natikora. I thought you went Luke Brooks, bro. <laughs> uh, bro, I'll tell you what, it's not even a bad shout. Like, it's not even a bad shout. I'm not here to talk about Brooksy. I'm here to talk about Rua. The fight for the 14 role is still up for grabs. I think Sheen likes to have a utility off the bench. He's not going to go like Maguire where he's going to run four front rowers. Um, I think a full preseason with the first grade from what I'm seeing is going to do bits for him. And he impressed in trials last year. I was really high on him. He unfortunately broke his ankle or had some sort of ankle injury um, during midway through last year and he didn't get to be brought up. I thought he was going to be brought up. But I think he's turning 23 this year. I'm really, really, really high on this guy, and you clearly are too, and I think he's going to get a great shot at first grade, and I think he is almost my rookie of the year. I think he is my rookie of the year. But so, I'm very high on him. He's got, he looks a lot like Brandon Smith. Yeah. He can play nine or lock. He's still... Not looks-wise, because Brandon Smith's got, like, the hot, sexy... <laughs> the, 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 the Bondi, Bondi look? Yeah. Well, no, not yet. He's trying to get the Bondi body. Okay, the sorry, my bad. Oh, I think he's sexy enough, anyway. But... Rua can get the Leichhardt body, though. Yeah, that's that's something you want to achieve. The he... Leichhardt body. Growing the beard out. <laughs> he's and, got the mullet. Anyway, he, his play style looks a lot like Brandon Smith. Uh, he's still improving his uh, service out of dummy half. He's got a great running game, very hard stop. At the line, I think he almost was a, it was ruled a no try in the trials. Yeah, double movement, but it was a very a very good run out of dummy half. Yes, great defensively, and um, he was the captain of that uh, Jersey Flake side that the Tigers went undefeated in. So yeah, well that's a pretty good rap, isn't it? I'm very high on this guy. I think him or Holworths will definitely be rookie of the year. Yeah, they're, they're my two main. I don't main guys. Apart from Alamotti, uh, is Willison a rookie? I think he is. I'm trying to think. I don't think we had too many. So Trey, I don't know how many. Katoa would definitely be a rookie. I'm, yeah. I'm, I think Rua, just because he, he'll definitely get more of a chance because mm-hmm. Appy doesn't play 80 minutes quite often. So yes. he come on at nine. And I don't think the Tigers at the moment, I know players will obviously be training at lock, but they don't have a recognized lock. Yeah. So I think he'll get minutes there as well. I'm just looking at... Trey Mooney because I wanted to see if he'd played five games. Now we said he debuted in August 2021, but he must have been 18th man because he only played one game and that was in 2022. So I'm trying to figure out what that game was. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I don't know what's going on with NRL website. Yeah, Rua, I think him, I think Faletti maybe even might get a chance. I hope Faletti gets a chance because he looks oh, like a beast. I'm still, I'm still salty. Yeah, I yeah, really I'm wanted Faletti to be playing for Manly, uh, but I think if not next year, Faletti's 100 percent in the squad. Has next year. to get the chance, especially yeah. you need centers as well, in my opinion. But yeah, I think all these players are in for a big year. I mean, you let us know in the comments or in the reviews who you agree with or disagree with. I know some people might disagree with, you know, uh, Sam Beryls maybe, say that he's already an established player. Or you might pick 
someone else for, say, Panthers. You might pick Luke Garner to have a better year than Hosking, Sonny Luke, Mitch Kenny, whatever you want. Let us know, guys. Um, again, Instagram, Strictly Footy Pod. If you're looking at Twitter, we only just started posting on Twitter, but that's a capital S, capital F, Footy Pod. So S, F, no, it's S, capital, then Footy with a capital F, and then Pod, I believe. I can't remember. So there's so many accounts. Um, and then we've got, obviously, Spotify, Apple. I think if you go to the link in our bio on Instagram, uh, it'll pull up all the places you can listen to our podcast. So we've got Google Podcasts. Um, we got we got heaps of stuff, RSS, whatever you listen to your podcast on. Go on there, check us out. Give us a rating. Um, we're working to get onto YouTube. We just got to get a setup for that. So once we got that used, we'll be able to watch us on YouTube too. Um, yeah, just stay tuned. We're obviously going to keep dropping pods, keep dropping content. So anyone who's a huge fan of League, you'd want to keep up with us. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got to say. Breakthrough player Stephen Crichton. That's it. Yeah, like we said at the start, we appreciate appreciate you guys listening. If you guys have any feedback, don't hesitate to give it to us. We're yeah, trying, to grow, trying to grow our page, trying 100%. to grow the podcast. And any feedback really helps. Yeah, 100%. Feel free to let us know your thoughts, comments on Instagram reviews on spotify apple uh even tweeted us let us know we're open to feedback and we just appreciate you guys who are listening so anything you guys do say we'll be listening to uh that's all from us have a blessed day like always and we'll see you on uh tuesday so